أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد وعجل فرجهم اللهم صل على فاطمة وأبيها وبعليها وبنيها والسر المستودع فيها بعدد ما أحاط بها علمك My dear brothers and sisters, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Today's day nine of our activity. We have one more day, inshallah. And the question for today, it was, it, it was um, uh, presented as a case scenario. A Muslim brother or sister in your classroom comes to you and argues that the Prophet did not appoint anyone as a successor and left it for the Muslim Ummah to choose a leader among themselves. You don't have your parent beside you. You don't have your brother or sister beside you and you are alone. Present three pieces of evidence to convince them that the Prophet appointed Imam Ali as his successor and that this is his divine right for the Caliphate. The first evidence should be a logical piece of evidence. So when you present your answers, it should be in this manner. The first evidence should be a logical piece of evidence. A second evidence should be based on historical events, obviously not including Ghadir, okay? And the third piece of evidence would be Hadith, Hadith that would support the idea of Imam Ali's right for the successorship. And the purpose of this exercise, my dear brothers and sisters, is that, you know, alhamdulillah, we've been talking, uh, you know, the past few days and reflecting on the event of Ghadir and the status uh, of Imam Ali, alayhi salam. And through this, through this, inshallah, ho hopefully that we are learning. But at the same time, I feel that it's time for us to really test our individual knowledge, okay? Many of us, alhamdulillah, we have the opportunity to attend majalis, jashans, uh, lectures, we hear our parents tell us things about, you know, our different imams, pieces of knowledge, pieces of puzzles here and there. But really, when it comes, when it really comes down to it, are we really ready to defend Imam Ali salam in terms of his right, the right of Ahl al-Bayt in general? This is what I really want to test ourselves and push us, you know, so that we can really um, develop our um, knowledge and develop our um, ability to to, um, to debate, our ability to think, to argue, obviously, and argue in the, in the path of truth. You know, that we, we're not always going to have our parents with us. We're not gonna, always going to have Maulana or Sheikh beside us to ask them. We, as individuals, we each of us are, 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 are ambassadors uh, of Islam, and we have to be ready that individually we can we can defend the cause of Islam, we can defend Ahlul Bayt and that's not going to happen unless we have the knowledge. Not just the knowledge, but we have the conviction. And not just one piece of knowledge, but as many pieces of knowledge as possible so that we can make a strong case and represent Ahlul Bayt So the purpose of this exercise was for each of us to imagine ourselves in this in this situation so that we can push ourselves uh, and for us to share in the platform here in this forum so that we can learn from each other's because each each one of us should be able to come come up with different answers no no two people should have the same exact answers for all three right so by learn by hearing each other's um, answers and reading it hopefully inshallah we're reading it then uh, you know we will be learning i'll be the first one uh, to learn from the different answers that are presented so essentially 
whatever I'll be presenting here is just a couple of examples, but definitely it is not comprehensive. So in terms of logical evidence, I'll give you an example. So essentially, when we talk about logical evidence, it's the idea, the idea that you have a second person or a backup uh, who take who steps forward whenever the the main person uh, needs to step down from the role for any particular reason. Let me give you an example. For example, a teacher who's going to be out, not going to be able to cover class. Usually, what is there? Do they leave that classroom empty without anyone to take care of it, or do they appoint a substitute teacher? They appoint a substitute teacher, which is their backup because you cannot leave a class without a substitute teacher. Otherwise, everything will go chaos, right? Another example, for example, um, maybe the parent is, you know, has an appointment, has some type of, you know, engagement that they can't sit, you know, they can't take care of the kids at home, right? So they'll get someone to babysit, someone to take over, right? To, so to, to oversee and be a guardian over the affairs of that particular home or that, you know, over the children, right? So the idea of babysitting, sometimes it could be the older sibling, the older son or older daughter being appointed as the caretaker for that particular day or that those few hours. So there, there again, you can imagine that the parent must appoint someone, whether it's an aunt or an older sibling, to take care of business at home and watch the kids. Otherwise, what's going to happen? You know, we will be putting uh, the children um, at risk of safety. You have, of course, you know, the example of president and vice president, whether it's of the U.S. Of, or any other country, always there is that second person. That second person who would be not just random pick, will be the most qualified after the president to, to step in and take care of the affairs at any given point in time, sometimes even sharing, you know, in the, in the mission of the president while he is executing his mission, right? But if the president was to fall sick at any given point in time or not be able to perform his duties or tasks, then who steps in? It is the vice president, the second person in command, because if that second person in command is not available, God forbid something happened, then what's going to happen to the to the, uh, to the the nation that, that the president is governing? Everything's going to go haywire, right? And that doesn't make sense. So from a worldly perspective, this is logical. This makes total and perfect sense. So this, this is in terms of the worldly affairs. Then what about the affairs of religion, which is most important? Umur al-Din, right? And um, the, uh, um, the religion that is till the end of, uh, to the end of uh, time, which is the religion of Islam, which is being represented by the seal of prophets and messenger, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi. And obviously no, one, no one's gonna live forever. We know that everyone has their time, but who will be the person to take care of uh, the umur of, of a deen, the, the matters of religion, there has to be that person. Logic dictates that Prophet has to appoint someone who will oversee the affairs of the religion, answer the questions, give the interpretations of the Quran, of different aspects, right, when he departs this life. And then as a matter of fact, this phenomenon of successorship is not limited to Rasulullah, Prophet Muhammad, it actually existed to every prophet since the beginning of, the, of time. Since the time of Prophet Adam, Prophet Adam appointed his son, Sam, who actually became a prophet after him, as the person to take care of his affairs. And, and mind you, at that time, it was only 
a very small population back then, right? Let alone, you know, with time and ages, with with a growing population, then definitely the need is even more. So every prophet from Adam to Noah to Prophet Ibrahim to Prophet Musa, Prophet Isa, as well as Rasulullah is not an exception. What about the second piece of evidence? We should, we should be based uh, on historical events, and there are many. I'll just mention a couple. Um, the event of Da'wat al-Ashira, which uh, many of you had mentioned in um, I highlighted one of the answers of the previous questions, uh, where in the very beginning, when Rasulullah was uh, going public with his mission, early on, he asked the companions and his family members, actually his family members, who of you, man minkum, who of you will agree to become my right arm, who would take care of, of the matters of religion alongside me? No one volunteered except Imam Ali, who was super young at that time. Okay, so that, that was already a, almost like a pre-Ghadir situation. Um, and you have, um, you know, Imam Ali's um, uh, heroic instances and, uh, of, of bravery and courage in the battles of Badr, Uhud, Ahzab, Hunayn, and the list goes on. You have the event of brotherhood between Muhajirin and Ansar, which shows that Rasulullah didn't choose anyone but Amir Mu'mineen, he is the brother of um, Rasulullah, which which creates that segue that we can easily believe and understand, you know, this track record of Amir al-Mu'mineen in all these instances, that he, he becomes the chosen one by divine command. Now, and when we say that Rasulullah appointed him, it is through the appointment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And many of you bought very good examples which uh, you can read each other's answers. And the third part, which is uh, provide hadith which supports this. Now, there are many hadith which, which gives merits of Amir al-Mu'mineen, right? But what I'm looking for, the answer that I will be accepting, is the one that really points to the to the right of, of, uh, of uh, successorship that you will be able to convince your friend. Convince meaning that it would be a strong argument. But if you say, for example, um, you know, Imam Ali um, he killed such uh, this particular number in the Battle of Badr. Well, okay, there could be other heroes, right? That's not really proving his right of successorship. But it, hadith, for example, like Hadith of Taqalain, okay, where Rasulullah said, I leave behind you two weighty things, Kitabullahi wa Atrati Ahlu Bayti, two important things that are equal to each other and heavy. One is the Holy Quran, and the second is my purified Ahlul Bayt, together, both of them, act as, you know, the lanterns of guidance till the end of time, and they will not separate until the day, uh, 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 until, the day of, until they meet each other at the pool of Kautar. And you have the um, hadith which Prophet says, Ali Ali is with truth, and truth is with Ali. Truth rotates around around Ali wherever he is. So you can imagine this, that if we ever we have any doubt, we're looking for truth, and we don't know where that truth is, our compass is Amir al-Mu'minin Go and find out what, it, what is the position of Imam Ali salam and understand that, that that, wherever his position is, is truth. And the opposite is falsehood regardless of who that the opposite is 
It could be another companion. Be it so. Imam Ali is the compass of truth. And that truth itself revolves around Ali. Not Ali revolves around truth. So you can imagine how Imam Ali represents truth. And last, not, last but not least, the, the famous tradition which we've talked about before. Ya Ali, anta minni bimanzilti Haruna min Musa illa annahu la nabiya ba'di. O Ali, you are to me like the position of Harun, Prophet Harun, to Prophet Musa, except that there is no um, Prophet after me. And what is the position of Harun to Musa? It is the position of successorship. It is the position of leadership after uh, Prophet Musa. So this is a direct indication, you know, leading up to um, uh, um, uh, presenting the proof of Amir Mumini's right for successorship. And the second question, very quickly, which surah in the Quran was honored in the month of the Hijjah because of Ahlul Bayt? And why was it honored? And I'm looking for the best answer. The surah is Surah Al Insan uh, on the day of the 25th of the Hijjah. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this verse, the series of verses in Surah Al Insan, also known as Surah Al Dahr, in verses um, five throughout throughout the, uh, the actual surah, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Inna al-Abrar yashrabuna min kaasin kana mizajuha kafura, Aynin yashrabu biha ibadullahi yufajirunaha tajira, yufuna bin nadri wa yakhufuna. يَوْمًا كَانَ شَرُّهُ مُسْتَطِيرًا That Ahlul Bayt السلام, uh, when they were fasting, they heard a knock on the door, they saw a man in ragged clothes standing, his hands shaking and his face, his face pale, and he asked if he could be helped and fed. The man was invited in and offered the food that was available. He took the food and thanked them. Both Imam Ali and Sayyidah Fatima were left with nothing to eat and little to cook for suhoor. Then the next day, the following day, Imam Ali and Sayyidah Fatima Zahra made the intention to fast. And again, someone else, this time an orphan claiming to be an orphan, was asking for help. Again, the same thing repeated itself. Imam Ali and Sayyidah Zahra offered the food that was available, all of it. And, uh, and the orphan departed, uh, being fulfilled. And on the third day, same thing happened. Once again, they intended to fast. And when it came time for breaking the fast, um, uh, someone else came. This time it was a destitute person, a miskeen, uh, asking for food for the third time, three days in a row. Imam Ali and Sayyidah Fatima Zahra offered the food. And uh, th this way, Imam Ali and Sayyidah Zahra as well as their uh, children, Imam Al-Hassan Al-Hussein and their servant, Lady Fidda Alayhisalam, uh, went three days fasting, hardly having anything to, to eat. And this was this was a situation which really pleased Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they they were selfless, they helped others over themselves, and they gave everything that they had, uh, helping the poor, the orphan, the, the, and the destitute. And we all know how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, loves uh, us to, to do charitable acts and to give to others. And this was one of the reasons why I encouraged everyone as part of the registration process, to, to give something in charity um, and so that we can learn to pra practice this very good, noble behavior. And because of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose to praise them in the Quran, in Surah Al-Insan, um, uh, uh, promising them reward in paradise and, and, um, and, 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 sh and manifesting you know, their response. Ahlul Bayt 
saying, Inna la nuridu mikum jaza'an wa la shukura, that they, they're not looking for people uh, um, to thank them, but we feed you for the sake of Allah, not for the sake of the people, for the sake that so that others who are watching will say, MashaAllah, MashaAllah, or that the reputation goes around. No, it's purely and solely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves about Ahlul Bayt and anyone who follows their course of action. Jazakum khair for uh, the, uh, listening to this lengthy peace today there was a lot to talk about and reflect on i hope that you benefited from this exercise and if you have any questions or clarifications please feel free to reach out to me jazakum alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh